0: What's up, Heard That Nation? Y'all have asked, and you've asked, and you've asked, and it's finally open. The Heard That With Marisa online store at HeardThatWithMarisa.com. I got the merch. Finally happened. Swaggy tees, amazing hats, other kinds of different merchandise that I got on there. Check it out today. Thank you for supporting your girl. Uh, Fill up a shopping bag with all kinds of stuff. Give away as gifts or keep it for yourself. All kinds of amazing swag and merchandise. Check it out today. Heard that with Marisa.com. I appreciate your support. One of the amazing things that I love to do with my time, I love working out and serving in the community. And through that time, I have met some amazing people and I have met some extraordinary kids. And the one thing, believe it or not, that kids love and ask for is books. Because many of them, I found that they, they absolutely love reading, which is absolutely incredible. Um, I am so proud that I've met an incredible man uh, by the name of Trevor Romain, and he is an author. He's an illustrator that has the most amazing, amazing literature for kids and for educators and for teachers, as well as parents. You have to check out his books. You have to check out his digital downloads. Uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of it. If you go to trevorromain.com, uh, T-R-E-V-O-R-R-O-M-A-I-N, no E at the end.com. Check out all of his materials that he has, all his books, all his literature and digital downloads. You can save 15%. All heard That listeners, if you check it out, save 15% at the end of your checkout. Use the code heardthat H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T, and save 15%. You, I'm You, telling you what, it is some of the best materials out there that could help children and families become happier, healthier, and more confident. So use the code "heard that" save 15% off at trevorromaine.com today. What's up, Heard That Nation, listening in the United States and around the world. You are n- listening now to Heard That with Marisa Tickney podcast. If you are watching right now on YouTube, hit, hit that subscribe for, button for me. I'm following my words because I'm so excited. Uh, hit that subscribe button for me so that you can be in the know of all the future episodes and future guests that we have coming up on this channel Uh, When I tell you this amazing guest that I have on today is a force in the media world. Those that are future journalists, those that want to go into filming or are currently in filming school, you need to pay attention, get a notepad out, get your phone out, jot down some notes, uh, because she's definitely going to bring a lot of information to the table. Dr. Tashi, PhD. She's absolutely amazing. She is a media professor, filmmaker, media content producer, and a journalist who is on fire for all things media tech and pop culture. She is the host of Mediascope, Be More Err. And I'm going to have her explain what the ER on Be More Err is. It's absolutely phenomenal. You don't want to miss that. And Media Meets Brunch Live Streams and the TV channeling and pop unfiltered podcast. Additionally, she is a video live streaming and social media consultant. Her philosophy, when it comes to content creation, start where you are, then respect audience to be, to get better. I like that. And uh, I am beyond thrilled and beyond excited to welcome Dr. Tachi to the Heard That podcast. Welcome, ma'am. Hello.
1: Thank you. I'm, wow. I guess the interview was over because you said everything,
0: basically. <laughs> Listen, I I, I was, I was uh, talking to you before we jumped on here, and I was saying to you that, I was talking to some media friends of mine that are in School of Journalism and Film and Arts, um, and a few of them have heard of your name and have seen what you have done in the media world. And I gotta tell you, Dr. Tachi, you bring a wealth of knowledge when you go on your media scope, uh, IG live, and then you go on your Facebook live and then you the uh, outlets that you have. But the common question that we were talking about, uh, with, uh, what I was talking about with uh, my group of friends and, and those in the film industry uh, is how did you get started? And you know that this media path that you're on was for you.
1: Okay, so that's interesting. It really did start when I was little, my, my mother's nickname for me and my sister was TV addicts, because the TV (laughs) was always on. In fact, there was a a picture I was four, and my sister was two. Mm -hmm. And we were, we were, they were taking my mother was taking a picture of us. So we were looking off to the side. I was like, what are we looking at? And then I realized we were watching the TV. There was never a time that the TV (laughs) wasn't on. So I've always had a fascination with television, with all Mm -hmm. things media, always Mm -hmm. loved it. But the interesting thing is I actually wanted to be a, a fashion designer initially. That's what I thought my path was going to be. I used to design for myself, for all of my friends. And I thought that's what I was going to do. But African parents, yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> See, and here's the thing, those that know Dr. Tachi and has seen uh her work, she has not only been so brilliant in the media, but if you're watching right now on YouTube, you can check out her amazing uh outfit that she has on, especially the earrings. Uh, you can tell that there is an intertwine not only of your media sense, but also your fashion savvy. Who and I know you just said, you know, your parents, but what is it that they said or could have been somebody that may have inspired you to lure you away from the fashion world? Not fully, because again, you have that amazing fashion sense and that fashion savvy that you have as, and, and got you, you know, full, full guns, full blazing towards the media world that you have, you know, definitely created and been so great at.
1: So after I said, um, my father asked, this is like in eighth grade, what I was going to do when I got to college. Eighth mm-hmm. grade. My father, I said, I just made up law because when you're a Nigerian child, there mm-hmm. are really four things that are acceptable. So doctor, lawyer, engineer, disgrace to the family. So you are not to be right. that, 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 that
0: last option was not happening.
1: <laughs> that was not happening. So I just threw it. I said, lawyer or fashion design. My father said, fashion, what kind of rubbish is that? No, that's not a good. So I said, okay, guess not fashion. And he actually was the one that knew that I loved television and said, why don't you consider mass communication? I'm like, I'm not quite sure what that is. So I did research and found out that it was mass media, anything that was radio, television, film, um, internet, all of that. So I said, oh, I really do like that. So, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And that's yeah. what I ended up majoring in in college. All three of my degrees are mass media. So it was actually my father who pushed me because I didn't even know that that existed as a, as a uh, field mm-hmm. until I got in there or until my father made the mention of it. And then I got in there and said, okay, these people that are on television, this is what they do. Or back in the day, that's mm-hmm. really what they used to major in. <laughs> so yeah. that's where it came from. And then, of course, you come up through the ages of seeing people like, of course, I was really little, but... Oprah was on television. The Oprah Winfrey show Mm -hmm. was on TV. And I used to watch grown folks television. You also had um, Donahue who was on. So you had a lot of Sally, Jesse, Raphael, a lot of the um, old school talk show people Mm -hmm. were Mm -hmm. on the air, right? And then you had uh, such wonderful um, children's programming. I'm also a huge PBS advocate. So just the fact of people putting together these skits that I took to, I'm like, oh, this is stuff that I could do. So that's where all of that kind of came
0: from. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's, that's exactly the path that I saw growing up, you know, Oprah and Donahue and Sally Jesse Raphael, Ricky Lake, you know, uh, more Mm -hmm. of the women per se that was going into mainstream television, let alone having their own talk show. Uh, Because Mm -hmm. as I said in your platform, when we talked a few months ago, to see a a woman behind a microphone that's not singing that's not acting, but actually hold you know holding her own in her own shows was very very rare uh going through exactly. the late seventies and eighties and I mentioned you know Jane Kennedy Overton being my inspiration. who was your inspiration in in media uh and then we' will go into talking about your your uh, incredible media scope that you had you know developed and uh that has become. Absolutely uh, fantastic for those that are in in media itself and a, and a tool and a guide. Who was your your I like to call it your media guidance counselor? Should I say uh, when you were going through yeah. all of this?
1: Yeah, like a like a media crush, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely Oprah. For in high school, they used to call me Oprah. Mm -hmm. Um, who knew she was still going to be doing all this because, you know, at the time it's like you have, okay, people they're on and then they're off the air. There Mm -hmm. was not that sense of longevity in media. Media was like a fleeting thing that as you quote aged out, that's not something that you did anymore. But what we're seeing now is that you don't age out you just uh, transition to different parts of it. So even Mm -hmm. if you start off in acting, you may still continue to act, but then you get into directing, you get into producing and all those different things. So definitely Oprah, but Mm -hmm. I was inspired to become a filmmaker because of Spike Lee. Well, a couple of people. Spike Lee uh, was one of the people that really, really had an influence on me picking up a camera and wanting to document stories and mm-hmm. to tell stories from a, a scripted point of view, as well as uh, there's a filmmaker, her name is Julie Dash. She was the one yep. who selected oh, no, directed is, yeah. Daughters of the Dust. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love Daughters of the Dust because I'm also, a lot of my research has to do with culture. And I was really fascinated by the, uh, the Gullah culture that was uh, displayed there. Also, Haile Garima. Uh, who uh, directed Sankofa, or mm-hmm. Sankofa, let me say it properly. And the uh, ironic thing is I went to Howard University, uh, where uh, Hale Garima is still a faculty member. Mm-hmm. And I I belonged to a group that uh, we needed someplace to meet. And Hale Garima let us meet at his place, Sankofa Books, every week for, for free. And wow. so just seeing that, and seeing that the film world had given so much to him. So he was giving back to the mm-hmm. group that, that was absolutely amazing. So definitely Haile Garima is uh, one of my favorites.
0: That's fantastic. And yeah. I, I like that you had said that you, you know, you picked up a camera cause you were inspired by Spike Lee. Um, and I think that myself, you know, on this journey of podcasting and filming, and you and I have talked extensively about documentaries and so forth, and how I, I have just recently became so fascinated with it, because there's always a story of you know a group of people or a person or a place. It doesn't matter, but just how the the cinematography, the storyline can just capture one's person and their viewer, the uh, the viewer, the audience of that. When you were going through, uh, when you said, you know, you picked up a camera and you got inspired to you know tell stories and everything else, what was that beginning stages of that journey like for you? Because here's the thing that i I want people to to realize and to you know squash the stipulation up is that they need to go, you know, you went to Howard University and you you know you got your degree, and you got people that are inspired to do so, but they're like, man, I'm not trying to go back in the classroom. I'm not trying to go, you know I, I got all these ideas. I want to you know take my camera and I just want to shoot film and I want to edit, and I just want to slice and dice and everything else. Take me back to the earlier stages when you did pick up that camera and you're just like, okay, this is what the path I want to do. I want to go, you know, shoot documentaries and film and such. Let's close the door on that stipulation that people have to have the same path, you know, such as yourself, you know, they have to go in to school and get this degree and everything else. If they have that passion and they have that fire to go and film, talk to the audience and just let them know, you know, Hey, go for it. Like, (laughs) you know, you can, you can go and make it happen. What was the steps that you took to make it happen when it came to, you know, you starting your filming process.
1: Okay. So obviously there, as you mentioned, there are different avenues to reach that same goal. Mm -hmm. I chose a quote, traditional Avenue Mm -hmm. in terms of actually, so I started off in in communication, obviously, communication theory, but then I added, because I knew I was interested in learning to craft film, Mm -hmm. I added uh, the University of Buffalo, because undergrad, I I was at the University of Buffalo, and that's where I got the majority of my training, Mm -hmm. so undergrad, I went and um, minored in media study, Mm -hmm. which was uh, at University of Buffalo, is the independent film and video component. Okay. So they're teaching you to be a video and film artist as opposed to a Hollywood person. And I think this is why I have such uh, vigor and I'm on fire for indie film and indie content creation, because that's where my roots are. That's where I came from. They mm-hmm. weren't tra- They were training you uh, in terms of how to, how to make film. And when I learned film, I learned on, uh, eight and 16 millimeter film. So I learned on celluloid, where you had to go and get it developed. Mm -hmm. So we would take our trip up to Toronto, wait, hang around all day. And at the end of the day, pick it up to show in class the next day. So I learned very old school. Um, And so I really got my my sense of that from school, of learning and understanding from school, but you don't have to. There is a, a little place called YouTube University which is fantastic. YouTube has so many great instructional, informational videos, and it's not only YouTube. There is um, videomaker.com has every Wednesday, they do these seminars on Zoom that you can join in and learn about different things like lenses, like camera, like lighting, that are absolutely phenomenal. I, and we're gonna talk about it later. I even do my little Be More Earth segments Mm-hmm. give you information on how to do things better in terms of the technical aspect of it. And we're gonna get into things like storytelling, etc. So there are a multitude of places that you could do. And I will say this, those people who have gone to film schools, you have an advantage in terms of the fact, uh, or gone through film programs. Mm-hmm. There's an advantage in terms of the fact that you have access to a network. And when you don't go through those programs, you have to work that much harder to access networks. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean it can't be done, but there's a network if you went to AFI, if you went to NYU, if you went to UT Austin, if you went to USC, if -hmm. you went to those top film programs, you definitely have a network, not only of professors that will probably keep in touch with you, but classmates that you can do collaborate on things because you probably collaborated during class anyway. So that's something that you don't get when you don't go the traditional school route. But that doesn't mean that you can't find um, film groups in the city that you live in, Mm -hmm. online, collaborate. Look, the metaverse is opening up so much in terms of being able to produce content on the blockchain and using NFTs to access funding for this there's no way that you can say, I can't do this. And it doesn't have to be through school. The only thing, the difference is school gives you access to some networks that you have to work harder to get once, if you did not go through a film program. Mm -hmm. But that to me is the only difference.
0: Right. And and so it's, it's very interesting now because you had mentioned it with, you know, Instagram and Facebook, now TikTok, you know, where, people you know have their phone their iphone their android whatever their camera and they're shooting like little mini clips now because those platforms are now broadening their their um their channels if you will of mm-hmm. people utilizing uh they're in the intertwinings of us, utilizing their media. They're utilizing the you can record your little mini film here, or you know, your snapshot of this, like upload your two, three minute video, or whatever the case is, to get more viewership, to get people that you know, potential sponsorship and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm noticing that with more of those platforms, that people are taking advantage of those. And it's not just anybody. It's not just you know young people that you know are into you know these dances that they do or film that they do or you know the latest and greatest trends that's going on. It's anybody. I mean, we got a hundred year old Iris Apple, the FL that is just a trendsetter, and now mm-hmm. she has her own line that's sold out at H and M. So anybody can you know shoot little mini clips and uh, get a- an audience uh, attention through all of that which is so amazing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you doing this filming and, and you doing documentaries or anything, who is the most interesting people that you have met throughout, um, that you were able to connect with, that you were able to talk to, uh, famous folk and famous folk um, that you have connected with and possibly still have connected with?
1: So, this is interesting. A good friend of mine who is also a filmmaker and content producer, Joe Wilson, I met him through the live streaming world. So, there are a bunch of us that know each other from live streaming since mm-hmm. 2015, and he's one of those individuals. He wrote a graphic novel called Vampire Mob. And one of the characters in Vampire Mob says this line We are all famous to a few people. So Hmm. everybody has this, this, this bit of notoriety or this bit of fame, depending on who your circles are, depending on who it is. So to me, anybody that I have the opportunity to speak with in a way and allows me to document their story, to me, you're a superstar, to me, you're famous. Mm -hmm. So that said, I, I, I am so in love with all of the people because I'm very, I'm very particular about who I select to be on any of my programs, about who I select to interview if I'm doing a documentary or whatever, very selective. And I have never been let down because mm-hmm. I, I, have, I think I have a keen eye Mm -hmm. for personalities, and so I've loved every single minute of everybody. Um, Just a few people met some really interesting people when uh, a friend and I were doing a documentary. We never finished it, but we started doing a documentary on food deserts in the inner city, and it was focused here in South Florida, so we got to talk to a lot of people about uh, the lack of healthy food in certain areas in um, South Florida, Miami, Mm -hmm. Fort Lauderdale, etc., so there were a lot of people there, that we got to speak with we did a documentary called sunshine chic where we looked at four fashionable individuals in south florida and what their approach to fashion was Mm -hmm. when i say bomb there was this designer from columbia that i happened to be uh covering uh, miami fashion week and so uh, miami beach fashion week i happened to go down there there was this guy in a sailor hat with his um shirt open and it was this I said, oh my gosh, I have to have him for that. And he was so amazing. Went and shot him. Uh, there is what there, there's an Iris Apfel lookalike that lives here. And mm-hmm. I happened to see her driving one day. And I was like, Where is she going? I need her for the documentary. I ended up following her to um to uh Parker Playhouse because there was a play going on. Right. And I said, okay, what time <clears> is this over? I'm gonna come back. Managed to get her uh uh, and asked if she would, and she said, I would love to. And so she's got the same big glasses. All of her clothing is one style, hmm. one style, but different fabrics. She is absolutely amazing. So just people like that, what people will call everyday people, but to me are superstars because they have a unique approach to whatever it is they do.
0: I love that. I love that. You had said yeah. that, you know, that people are, you know, just, you have a, have that story, have that niche, you know, something that, and I, I think that's key of what you said. You cannot just invite everybody on your show. Like, you okay, I want to, you know, have a show or I want to have a podcast. I want to have all this. And then, you know, you tell your friends and your friends like, oh, I want to get on there and say something you get, you can't invite everybody because some people don't flow or jive what, you know, your niche is going to be. That is so important. Uh, I've had, yes. uh, people that you know, started a podcast and it quickly faded just like that because they let anybody and everybody come on their platform and talk about just utter nonsense. And it turned the viewer off. It turned the person listening off. Yes, and And Can I add
1: to that? Please do. Yes, please do. (laughs) So, you know, in terms of that, and I'm sure you've already um, experienced this, Mm -hmm. you're going to get a lot of pitches. Once you put yourself out there and you think, well, you know, my show's not that big, you'll be surprised the amount of people I get pitching me to be on Mediascope or what, I mean, people actually pitch me. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, you don't know you're coming on Mediascope, right? Not that it's not the bomb, but they're pitching me like they're trying to go on, you know, (laughs) on national television. Right. I'm like, okay. And I'm looking, I'm like, well, you know, the thing is I am very specifically media tech pop culture. And those Mm -hmm. are the people I interview. However, I do know some other people that you may be a better fit for, Mm -hmm. and I direct them. So I don't just say no. I'm like, if they are a fit for what somebody else I know is doing, I'm like, well, maybe you're a fit for that. So simply because you wrote a book, book is media, but that doesn't mean you're a candidate to come on the show. Mm -hmm. But because you wrote a book about self-help, you may be better for my friend XYZ. And so I'll put them in that direction.
0: Yeah, I'll get that too. I think I've gotten two, uh, inquiries about, you know, uh, hypno hypnotherapy. I've gotten, uh, 47 inquiries about people being a self-help guru, self-help coach, a life coach. I mean, I'll just like, they realize what my story, my, my show is all about, but, you know, I think that's such a good idea that you, you know, if somebody that you know in your media world can, you know, po- that person can be possibly be a guest on there. That's that's great and everything else. And I think that's so important that people need to realize you just can't go and you know pitch to whoever, whatever. I mean, it could be about where somebody's talking about uh, dog food plants, and here you go talking about. Well, I am a life coach. <laughs> I mean, um, right. Th- that that's not going to work out for you. So no mediascope <laughs> your baby yes that you uh that you have came uh you're, you, this is so amazing of of what it is and what it's all about talk to us about how mediascope happened and how be more er in media meets brunch which i think is absolutely fantastic what you do with that one uh how that has uh come full circle for you and uh I see it continually evolving and growing. So talk about as about being a school.
1: So, uh, in, I always knew that, you know, my whole thing is for a long time, I was always doing other things. I was always making films, uh, all of the films that I did, I did while I was a full-time uh, faculty member at a university, a large university, but I knew that I was not destined to be a full-time faculty member retiring at the university forever because I'm Mm -hmm. also trying to be a millionaire. And that lifestyle does not (laughs) do that. So that's when I knew... (laughs) <laughs> That's when I knew it was Indeed. time for me to make another plan, right? Uh-huh. Because, uh, you know, the, the, the academy, sorry to say, teaches a poverty mentality where it's all about service, service, service to everybody else, but then you don't serve yourself. And it almost feels like there is a uh, semi punishment for achieving to be wealthy, right? Yeah. How many wealthy professors do you know? not a lot because the whole thing is about service. And I do believe in service, loves my students dearly, but I'm also not going to continue to sacrifice myself for other people. And so um, I knew when I got to my university, I made a list of the things I wanted to accomplish, a long list of what I wanted to do there. So I started a film festival. At that university, and it's still running to this day mm-hmm. and then once I got to the last thing on my list, I said, "You know what it's time for me to move on so in two thousand and fifteen, I actually let them know, yeah, next year I'm not going to come back, and they were shocked because at this point, this was my tenth year. Mm-hmm. they were shocked, and they were like I, had, I was going to turn it in, and I didn't turn it in like till the next week and The uh, dean said, do you think she changed her mind? Because they were wanting me not to leave. But I knew it was time for me to move on. Mm-hmm. And so when I ended uh, in June of 2015, I was like, all right, what is the next step? Now, I was still teaching, right? Part-time at another university. So I still had that, but I'm like, all right, what is my next step? I stopped this because I wanted to do more in terms of film, more in terms of content. And this is when live streaming became a mass thing. Live streaming had been there since like the early 2000s, right. but in terms of an app that we all could use, it was when, uh, at South by Southwest, when Meerkat debuted, and then a month later, Periscope debuted. So mm-hmm. I said, okay, I'm going to do something with this. What was I going to do? I didn't know. So I sat and I watched people, saw what people were doing in the space. And then I said, you know what? I know what I'm going to do. I teach media tech and pop culture. That's what the hell I'm going to talk about. Right. So on July, July 29th, 2015, I went live and that's when Mediascope started. So I started, I called it Mediascope. I had always gone live to two platforms at once, Meerkat and Periscope. And we started doing that and the audience started to grow. Because the thing is, when you, um, when you are consistent, right. people will gravitate toward that consistency. Correct.
0: Don't you go anywhere. The Heard That with Marisa Tickney podcast will be right back after a brief pause to hear from our sponsor one of the amazing things that i love to do with my time i I love working out and serving in the community and through that time i have met some amazing people and i have met some extraordinary kids and the one thing believe it or not that kids love and ask for is books because many of them i found that they they absolutely love reading which is absolutely incredible Um, I am so proud that I've met an incredible man uh, by the name of Trevor Romain. And he is an author. He's an illustrator that has the most amazing, amazing literature for kids and for educators and for teachers, as well as parents. You have to check out his books. You have to check out his digital downloads. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. If you go to TrevorRomain.com, uh, T-R-E-V-O-R-R-O-M-A-I-N, no E at the end, dot .com, Check out all of his materials that he has, all his books, all his literature and digital downloads. You can save 15%. All heard That listeners, if you check it out, save 15% at the end of your checkout. Use the code heardthat H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T, and save 15%. You, I'm You, telling you what, it is some of the best materials out there that could help children and families become happier, healthier, and more confident. So use the code HEARDTHAT, save 15% off at trevorromaine.com today. And welcome back to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. So I think that is yeah. so key what you just said, especially about the consistency piece. Um, mm-hmm. Because once you grow that audience, they're going to be, they're, you've, you already captured their attention. And I think, you know, though, and I was going to compliment you, your voice, your voice alone captures an audience uh, to me because when you start off with something you're going to say, whether you talk about a movie review or you talk about uh, the latest is happening in media or uh, something that has shifted in, you know, uh, uh, filming or, you know, technology and how to make filming better, editing better, what everything, your voice automatically has captured an audience. I mean, I can speak for myself, but also like when you go and you're on your IG and you talk to everybody before you go live on your media scope, it's in the comments. And I just wanted to give you flowers for that, uh, for what mm. you teach, for what you say. Uh, it's it's a it's a learning point. And for me, my takeaway from the last time, it was a couple of times, uh, a couple of weeks ago on your IG, where you had talked about I, I had a question about editing, because that Right there is a whole element of editing. I mean, I'm like, I can film all day. I can like, you know, shoot in different locations and, you know, talk to people and everything else. And uh, when I talk to uh, some of my friends that are in filming and journalism and those that, you know, like myself that just love uh, doing podcasting and doing, you know, capturing film and doing like mini films and everything else with our phones and having these ideas, it's like, okay, I got all this content. Yeah, I got to edit it. Like you were like, yeah, go for it. Edit it. Use this suggestion or this. And I'm like, yeah. uh, Dr. Tachi, I want that easy button like you see on the Staples commercial. <laughs> it's easy. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, and that's, that's the thing about it. There, there are so many ways that content is different now. Mm-hmm. And I think we just have to come to the realization that not everyone is going to go and use an Adobe premiere to finally cut and edit things. And guess what? When you see some of these people on YouTube that have like 50,000 followers, their audience doesn't give a damn. And sometimes I'm like, yeah. You couldn't have done something with the sound, but clearly it didn't matter. So we have to come to the realization that there are, it's about the content Mm -hmm. of your content, right? It's Mm -hmm. about what you're talking about. And so people gravitate towards the content and towards you as a personality. Mm -hmm. So if you are terrible as a personality, your content is, is mediocre and you have bad production. Okay. You can't have all three now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's I think we need to come to the con uh, the thing that uh, acceptable content or acceptable level of production is great depending on who your audience is, right? But I'm always an advocate for doing it right because if you want to repurpose it, then you're going to have to go and reshoot it if it's not done well or mm-hmm. if the sound is crappy. Mm-hmm. If somebody, you know, Netflix comes to you now and says, you know, we want to pick this up. But we need you to reshoot all of this. If you had done it right in the first place, that wouldn't have been an, a problem. Right. So,
0: especially when you have a heavy hitter as Netflix or Hulu or anybody that or any company that's out there, um, it, that is so important. Like you said, the the content to capture the audience, to get their attention, uh, to have them subscribe, and to uh, you know be a fan of your work. I'm a fan of what you do, especially Be More Err and Media Meets Brunch. Uh, Talk about those two uh, concepts, especially Be More Err, the er part uh, at the end of that and why and how you came up with that and what it it means because that was an aha for me, how you translated the er part and I have never looked at it the same ever after you explained what what Uh it meant.
1: Well, good. That's exactly what the point was to cause people to think. So Be More Err is actually a video series that I do. You know, my, of course, I am a live girl. I love stuff live. Of course, I record video, but live, you don't have to worry about going back and editing because I've done this now for seven years consistently. I rarely do i have mistakes that i can't get over Mm -hmm. so the fact of that i have to go and now edit something that's pre-recorded i didn't feel like doing that but i saw people making so many mistakes during the pandemic when it came to this is when we all had to use video and Mm -hmm. i was like this is bloody awful this is terrible. I mean, I really saw some terrible content and terrible video, it was great stuff, but then people just doing stupid things like, your head is at the bottom of the screen on Zoom. Why? Right. Put your camera down. So I'm like, you know what, if I'm gonna talk about people, cause I did talk about people, <laughs> then I really need to provide an avenue for them to learn how to do it properly. So I came up with the concept of be more er, and that actually came out of a show on Mediascope, And I said this to people, I was like, you know, after all this is over, meaning the pandemic, you better come out. There's no reason for you to go out, come out of this, a worse person than when you went in, you better be smarter, wiser. Uh, wealthy the damages be more, er, and that's what, that's where that came from. Mm-hmm. So it's that concept of leveling up and always aiming to be the best in whatever, more than, er, right? To be better is not, it's better than being just good, right? You want to be better. You want to be smarter with your video and live stream. So I mm-hmm. took that concept and uh, applied it to video and live streaming. And that's where that came from. And then with Media Meets Brunch, I saw, it's usually a post or somebody, one of our our CQ sisters, Tasha, uh, had a post up about the ending of Insecure. And Mm -hmm. I noticed how many people were really, as folks say, in their feelings, because Insecure was ending. And it was the end of an era. It was the end of having um, Black millennials documented in such a way in stories that were so real. And it didn't just, you know, touch millennials. It's like, so many generations had that same story, mm-hmm. the group of four friends. And so when I saw that, I was like, let me reach out to her and see if she'd be interested in doing a discussion on this. So the first topic came from there, but I knew that I love brunch. That is one of my favorite meals. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I wanted to do something that was media related and with brunch, and I was coming up with a name. I was like, oh, media meets brunch. And so the initial thing was I was going to do it in my kitchen. And it was said, we're gonna be centered around, I'm not a chef, but I'm a damn good cook. So centered around what I was doing for brunch and we were just gonna chat about a media topic. And initially it was just going to be me. But when I saw that, I'm like, you know what? I can invite people on Mm -hmm. and we can talk media and have brunch. So people come on and we talk about a media topic that they have some knowledge of, and we all share what we are brunching on. It is so much fun.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love it. And I'm like looking at some of the food, like the the last one that you had when you all were talking about Insecure, and- To me, I was like, how am I late to the party about Insecure? I have not watched one episode. So that alone Uh got me watching the show because you all had Uh talked about certain things. And I'm like, okay, I know there's going to be a bunch of spoilers in here, but how you all sold me on that. I'm like, how in the world? And I love me some Issa Rae, so how in the world have I not watched this show? And I was like, okay, I get it. I get why they were upset about, because I'm on season three. So I'm like, I get why they were upset about it and everything else, but doggone it, you all had some delicious food, (laughs) you know, talking about (laughs) it as well. I'm going, this is so fantastic how they like talking about a show and media and what it meant to them and munching on brunch. And you know, everybody's viewpoint of that and that is what media to me is 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 partly about is you're capturing the essence of a movie or a show or an event or a concert it it doesn't matter but it's bringing everybody together and i think more so than ever since the pandemic where we were all pretty much grounded and we were in Mm -hmm. you know in our home and, and staying away from everything Um, and as this, how this, this platform got started, um, when you were, you know, you're doing all your stuff and you were teaching and you shifted into, like you said, uh, doing mediascope in 2015, we got into that pandemic of 2020. Yeah. What was your whole mental life? Because, you know, you were used to, I'm sure going out there and you're doing your filming and doing, you know, your traveling and, you know, taking your, Um, your talents and media and you know, evolving it and everything else. And then the pandemic happened. Um, So from there, as you said, you know, be more better, be wiser, be smarter. Uh, I mean, God, that is just such, so good how you put that. What has that gotten for you from, you know, from 2020? We're now almost halfway through 2022. Mm -hmm. How have you gotten more better, more wiser, more smarter? be more, or er. what does that Ooh. Sport meant to, uh, for you? <laughs>
1: that is excellent. That is excellent. The pandemic was, and let's be clear, we're still in a pandemic, in a global mm-hmm. pandemic. Uh, it has been cause for me to really take stock of what's happening, what I need to do. It gave me such a chance to, boy, was I able to level up in terms of, in terms of courses and classes? Because at this point, I remember like at the beginning of the pandemic, there was uh what was it? Uh, Stack skills or um, one of these places, HubSpot had like a whole bunch of training courses. It was like eight that you could get for $29. And it was all about like deepening your skills and after effects. It sounds like, oh, What? So I signed up for so many classes, got Mm -hmm. so much info, was able to hone my skills because just because this is what I do doesn't mean that I can't learn more. In fact, the moment you call yourself an expert, that means you've stopped learning because you think, you know, everything there is to learn about it. Other people may call you an expert.
0: Dr. Tosh, you got to say that one more time. That was good. That's good.
1: The moment you call yourself an expert, that means you've stopped learning at all because you think you've learned everything or know everything there is to know about a particular area, field, subject. You should always be striving to be better, always learning. So other people can call me an expert. I don't say that about myself Mm -hmm. because I'm still learning when it comes to things. I, there's always going to be somebody who has more knowledge about something than you. So you can't possibly be a, a media, call yourself a media expert, because you should realize that there's still more to come, that there you have miles to go yeah. right, before you get to that point. If you even reach that point. And guess what? I don't want to reach that point because right. I want to keep on learning. Am I proficient? Hell yeah, I know I'm proficient in what I do, but I fall short of calling myself an expert because I still have so much more to learn. And I Mm -hmm. think that's with anybody, but other people can call me that. I won't call myself that though.
0: Right, because we're students, we're all students, especially when it comes to honing in our craft and our passions of what we want to do. you always, you know, we wake up and we go through our daily rituals, you know, prayer or meditation or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, you're walking outside or whatever we Mm -hmm. do, exercise and all that. And then throughout the day or, you know, beginning of the day, you know, everybody hopefully should start and just sit in the same, in in the stillness and think, about okay, what is my intention for the day? What do I want to accomplish for this day? Um, What is it that I, I want to do? And, and, and be better than I was yesterday. You know, better than my previous best. Um, and then at the end of the day, just wanting to—it's like, okay, what did I learn? What did I take away? What was my takeaway? Because there's always lessons to take away from the the day that you had. And I, I I think that's so well that you said what you said. You know, and that all of us on this earth through our journey that we are students. We are evolving. We are learning. Uh, so Mm -hmm. much. I had asked you who your ultimate person would be to to have on your show and your program. And I love your answer. And I I got to know why Byron Allen would be Mm -hmm. your, and I believe, I believe hardly you will have him on your show because I'm rooting for you to have him on your show. But why him uh, to be a guest on, on Mediascope? Why him?
1: just because of the, not just because, but because mm-hmm. of the inroads that he has made in the world of media. I remember watching him when I was really little, he was on a show as a comedian called Real People. I don't know if yes, you remember that Yes,
0: I remember that show, yes. <laughs>
1: So a lot of people don't, but I remember watching him and he was a comedian. So to look at the metamorphosis from him as a comedian on real people and other, you know, stand up and whatever else he did Mm -hmm. to being a media mogul at this point, owning several stations, several networks. Several, several, uh, to have a, he basically is like a multimedia conglomerate, if mm-hmm. you think about that. That is something to be looked up to. Not, and not everybody wants to do that, that's okay. Some people are good where they are. They're right. good with whatever role they have, and
0: that's fine. Mm-hmm. I want that. <laughs> yeah, So and it's just, the thing it's, that just is so interesting about Byron Allen is that you're like, okay, this man, was is a comedian. I don't want to say was because he's still doggone funny to me. But then you yeah. look at the evolvement from the many years in between, and you're like, this man owns stations, and he wants to own. And I think he had his uh, name in the ring for a sporting uh, sporting team and all that.
1: Yeah, for the was it was it the Denver
0: Broncos? I want to say that. I want to say so. that was one of the sporting teams because again, you know as me being, you know, into sports and everything else. I'm like, okay, when is it going to be where a a black family, a black person, black woman, whoever of color is going to represent as an owner of a team, not a minority stake, you know, which is fine, you know, because many, you know, well-known celebrities have a minority stake in soccer teams and basketball and such, but outright ownership. And I was rooting for him. I really was because it's just like, okay, he's going to kick down the door of somewhat of color owning a whole entire team. Mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. I, just, it just blows my mind how, how much he is involved from stand up comedy to now what he is doing. And I agree with you, he is a force.
1: He's a, he's definitely a powerhouse. And the thing is, he also represents this concept of generational wealth in our community, Mm -hmm. being able to, it's not just about the fact that he's a media mogul. It's about the fact that being a media mogul now affords him opportunities and seats at tables that we don't often have access Mm -hmm. to. And so Mm -hmm. it breaks down doors for us when things like that happen. The fact that you only were able to even make a bid for a sports team, a major sports team because you have the revenue to be able to do that. right? Media affords you the uh, opportunity to do that. So I just think that media does so much in terms of uh, opportunities. It opens up a lot of different opportunities, particularly now with the different types of distribution. Yeah, social media is distribution. So the Mm -hmm. different types of distribution channels that we have It opens up so much. So I'm, I applaud what he's been able to do and what he continues to do. In fact, I was, I didn't have a a time to do it, but he just had um, upfronts. Uh, Byron Allen Entertainment just had upfronts. And for people who don't know, the upfronts are when um, uh, advertisers decide where and when they're going to put their advertising. Mm-hmm. So that's why all the networks are there and they're sh- saying, Oh, this is the, sh- these are the shows we have coming up in the fall. Right. And, um, new fronts are for digital and upfronts are for like traditional linear TV. Okay. And so he had his own upfronts, his own, his own. <laughs> okay. People were catch that
0: he had his own. That's that's huge
1: So It's huge. It's huge. So, um, and it was open to people to register and see what was happening. I just Unfortunately, I couldn't, but I think it's amazing. So I would love to be able to offer uh, opportunities like that to, to people because we, we need to tell more of our own stories. As many people as we see now in media that look like us, there are still hundreds of thousands that need to be there that are not. Mm -hmm. And it's the same few that we see all the time. And this is no disrespect to them, but Hollywood works with who who Hollywood wants to work with. Mm -hmm. And so that just means that you can't always be dependent on the Hollywood system for that. You have to make your own way. And that's what Byron Allen has done.
0: And And that's massive. And I believe there's more of that because he is setting the standard and you know you got Oprah, you know a media mogul herself that's also setting the standard mm-hmm. and uh, continually allowing those like you and I and those that are in the media field and journalism and so forth to have that opportunity to continue to evolve and to grow. Before I let you go, two-part question. Okay, <laughs> don't be nervous. The best advice that you can (laughs) give somebody that is into media and filming and wanting to pursue that or currently in it. And the other half of that is what's the best advice that you have gotten from somebody who has been, that is in media and filming and journalism.
1: So best advice I can give is start where you are. Give yourself grace. If you only have an iPhone to start with, Don't say, well, when I get some more money, I'm going to save up so I can get this, uh, this, uh, Alexa, Ari, uh, Ari Alexa camera. And no, because that could be the next 10 years before you even see that dream realized, start where you are with what you have, and then respect your audience enough to get better and add more, you know, equipment, because again, like I said, it's about the, the look and the production value, but it's also about the content. If Mm -hmm. you start with good content and then draw your audience in, trust me, you're going to be able to level up in terms of equipment. So I would say, start where you are. Don't worry about having the best of everything initially, just start. That's my advice. And in terms of the best advice that's been given to me, and she she is, this person is a media person, um, Shawana Kennedy, a friend of mine, uh, but uh, her primary thing is like motivation. So she has this movement called self first. Mm -hmm. That's all I have to say, self first. We spend, especially women, especially black women, spend an inordinate amount of time serving other people to our own detriment. And I was, you know, always, and I love service. I'm in several service organizations. So Mm. absolutely. That's something that I pride myself on serving the community, but what good are you to the community or others? If you yourself are a mess because you've Mm. spent all your time, you're clothing other people, but your clothes are in tatters and rags. And then you get talked about because you have raggedy clothes, but you gave it to somebody else. It's the whole thing, and we've heard this cliche over and over, when you have a child on a plane, they tell you, put your own mask on first and then help the child, because you can't help anybody if you pass out. Right. So self first, because once you're taken care of, you can then adequately serve and help others.
0: Oh, that was perfect. That is so good. Please share with everybody how in the world they can continue to stay connected to you uh, and follow you on all your platforms.
1: Absolutely. So one of the best ways to get at me is on my Instagram. For some reason, I'm always using it. So that is at dr underscore T-A-C-H-I. So at Dr. Tachi, you can definitely uh, reach me there. Mediascope is every Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern time on my Instagram is the pre-show. Then at six, we hop on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter. And we're also heard on Gospel 107.1 FM in Nassau, Bahamas. So we the Bahamas, are y'all. Yes, <laughs> and the rest <laughs> of the Caribbean. So it's the Bahamas and the Caribbean. So you can hear us down there on as a replay on, on Thursdays at 8 p.m. And just watch my social media because I always put up, uh, when the next uh, me, uh, Be More ER" is, the little video series, you can always catch it there. And on my YouTube channel, Dr. Tachi is my YouTube channel. And um, yeah, so those are how you can reach me. Watch socials because I put everything there.
0: Ma'am, so good, so good. And I hope that everybody that uh, was watching and listening has taken a lot of gems, a lot of nuggets away from this conversation. Dr. Tachi, uh, you have, and you continue to be uh, a force in the media world. And and I'm so honored uh, to call you friend and sister, my CQ sister, those that don't know what CQ is, it's club quarantine uh get on ig get on instagram and follow uh club quarantine uh dj d nice is the one that has founded that there's so many of us that has connected through club quarantine and i have connected with this amazing amazing soul right here dr tachi thank you so much for coming on the Heard that podcast
1: thank you
0: i appreciate you and those that have been watching and listening thank you so much and as i always end the show take care stay safe be good to one another we're out of here. Be in the know of new episodes that are coming up on the podcast at heard dot I'm also available on Instagram at Marisa tigney podcast on Twitter at lovely Marisa T as well as Facebook on a social media page heard that with Marisa Tigney. I appreciate your continued support.